Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. So tonight we're going to do a little something different. Are you up for that? Yeah, I'm excited. We've got something called Sevens tonight. And um, we're going to have three preachers who are each going to preach for seven minutes. And on this stand, there will be a timer. Because we're in Africa. And we know some of you. Which means, there we go. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. There we go. <laughs> but we've got seven minutes, and, and we've got um, a couple of amazing preachers going to preach us tonight. Along the lines, as we finish Move the Mountains and this amazing series that we're going on. If you haven't been a part of the church for a while, and tonight's your first time. We've been in a series called Move the Mountains where Jesus challenges his disciples and says, actually, boys, it's not okay that you have a head knowledge of who I am and what I'm about. I'm calling you into a story that looks like something. And he wants to move us from a transition of knowing what is possible in God and knowing what it looks like to live a life with God to a life of living that life and moving from comfort zones and moving from smallness and overcoming. And he says to his disciples, if you just have a little bit of faith, you can tell that mountain to move, that mountain to move, and that mountain will move. And we as a community want to see some mountains moved. I had an amazing testimony shared with me this morning of a lady in this community who's been listening to this series, who's been here for a while now, and all that while has been on antidepressants. For a long time, years. And over this last season, with help and with walking with people and with wisdom, has moved off antidepressants, which has been a desire of her heart for years. And as she told me, and as tears began to flow, tears of joy, she said, I've never felt like this. Jesus is amazing. Depression's a mountain, and there are many others. We trust in Jesus. We believe in a gospel that is powerful. And God's calling us to step into more and more of that. So that's what this is. We continue that tonight. But there's some ground rules for sevens. Can I share with you the ground rules? Because this is new for us. We haven't done this before. Others have done this, but we haven't. So sevens, number one, this is very, very important. Participation is key. You understand what that means? It's a big word, participate. It's not like the sum of parts. It's our involvement. So let me give you an example. When I was in America and uh, I was in this one context in the Bible Belt in the south and people got excited and the preacher got excited and his sweat was pouring off his head. He was a big man and sweat was pouring off. But he got excited and the hanky would come out. But people, when they thought the point was good, they stood up and like leaned in. They're just standing. And lean, I'm like, and eventually everyone's standing, so you think, I've got to stand. I'm going to lean in. They're not saying anything. They almost, you can see they want to say something, but they're not saying anything, but they're leaning in. If you feel the need to stand and lean in, do that. We'll know what you're doing. Can we practice that, actually? Because I know we've got to, okay, I'm just, I made a really good point there. Go. There we, there we go. There we go. Okay, you got it. I know this is weird for some. If you're new to church, we actually think you can have fun at church as well as preach the gospel. And, and which means that I want you to encourage these guys. I want you to say amen. I want you to be with them. If they're your friends, feel no shame to be their greatest supporters tonight. And um, though there are no pleasantries required from our preachers. They've only got seven minutes. They can't thank everyone in the world for being here tonight. So let's not do that. Time is everything, which means... And we have a six-minute countdown, then we have a 30-second change color, and then we have another 30-second. Yes, it's pressurized. Which means, at seven minutes, you can just start clapping them off. 
It's the rules. I didn't make them. I'm just following. But tonight, is that all right? We, we actually think that God is creative, that he gives us different ways to express, and he uses a whole bunch of different people to do that. So we've got two preachers that I'm going to introduce to you, and then another one which we'll keep a little hidden for now. But we have first, Michael Hidden Scott. If you don't know this man, he is a male leg model. And you will see why tonight. I don't need to explain. You'll see. I just want to honor Errol and Anna Marie. His parents are with us tonight. Amazing, amazing to have you with us tonight. Thank you so much. So this guy is amazing and a great blessing to this church. And we really do honor you and thank you. But he's going to have a whole bunch of fun. He's going to go first. And then we have Veronica Brits. And... Um, it's not common knowledge yet, but she is in the next Marvel movie. There we go. It's amazing. I mean, you don't, don't tell everyone and don't Skype it or Facebook it. You know, who Skypes these days anyway? No one Skypes. But this amazing lady loves Jesus. And uh, I actually haven't had the chance of knowing a lot about your story, but I marvel at what God is doing and has done and continues to do. And we're really proud of you. That's your part of this community. So just going to introduce those two for now. But can I ask this? We are going to get excited. We're going to get a little Southern Baptist tonight. I've, I've actually never been to a Southern Baptist, but I've watched them on TV, and they get excited about the gospel. So I'm excited. Can we invite Michael as he comes up to share? Yeah, I'm ready. You're going to press start. Okay, so as Mark said, I'm Michael, and I'm going to be kicking us off tonight, and it's just a privilege to be here. Um, we've been in the series, Move the Mountains, and uh, we've seen our hearts stirred with faith to trust God for a faithful year, um, where impossible start to take traction in and through our lives. So we've seen healings, we've seen breakthroughs, and I just want to say tonight, we want to trust for even more as the series ends. Um, this evening, I just want to put three things deep within our soul. Um, that no matter where you are, if you are full of faith or uh, if you are feeling like you have absolutely no strength, that we can still see mountains moved as a community. So I'm going to go through John 15 tonight. Uh, John 15, 1 to 8, it says this. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This has been on my heart for a while and it's something that's challenged me that what it means to abide in Christ is more than just a relationship with Him. It's something that's deep within our souls and deep within our hearts. So what is abide? Abiding is the act of receiving and trusting all that God is for us in Jesus Christ. If a branch remains or abides in a vine, it is attached in such a way that it is receiving all that the branch has, uh, all that the vine has to give. All of the vine's power is coming into the branch. 
Guys, abiding is not a simple religious activity. It's not just uh, Sunday Christianity. It's not just a feeling or a habit that we do. It's not a mundane daily activity. It's something much deeper and something much more. It's trusting that uh, in God that He is all for us. It is receiving Christ deep within our hearts. Abiding is connecting to Jesus in such a way that all that God is flows into us every day. When you abide in Jesus, there is an overflow of God's power and His presence in our lives so that in every daily activity, He flows in those moments. I believe that abiding in Christ as Christians is not something that is optional. It is what God calls us to. Uh, Peter Scazzaro in his book, Emotionally Healthy Leader, says this, You cannot give what you do not possess, but you cannot help but give what you do possess. I feel like when a branch is connected to the vine and the vine to the branch, we are connected to Jesus and he is in us. Let's take the image of a grapevine. A a grapevine doesn't have to say, I will bear grapes. I will be a grape today. I'm going to be the best grape you ever see. I'm going to be a fantastic grape. No. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. I know I am a fantastic grape. Um, A grape is a grape because it's connected to the grapevine. And we are connected to Jesus Christ. All right, cool. Thank you. I love this. So abiding in. What does it mean to be abiding? Abiding in means that we can step out in faith. For the branch to be connected to a vine means that the life-giving sap that is in the vine flows into the branch as well. He is our provision. He is our sustenance. But more importantly, God is our abundance. There will be times uh, in life where the mountains of life just seem too overwhelming. They just seem too numerous. They just seem all too present in your life. Maybe you are even in a dry season uh, tonight, sir or ma'am. Maybe you're in a dry season where you just don't see God working. You don't see God moving the mountain in your life that has been there for so many years. I want to say that in these seasons, God can use these seasons so that we might delight in His love and come into fuller and richer communion in Him through these seasons. And it's through that that we will see mountains moved in our lives, in the lives of others, and in the lives of our community. For 13 years, uh, I suffered from depression. And I was a Christian in that time, and the mountain of depression was massive in my life. And uh, I was a Christian, I was praying to God, please move this mountain. I was crying out. Uh, But only once I abided in God and His power overflowed in my life was that mountain of depression moved. It's when I turned my eyes towards Him and accepted Him as my everything and all that He is that that mountain of depression moved. And the last thing is abide in Him. Seeing mountains moved in our lives requires faith. And faith is not powerful unless it is deeply rooted in God. The whole design of a vine is to have a vine dresser so that he may uplift us and provide structure in every season. Whatever the mountain you are facing tonight, turn to God and rest in his words and his power. John Piper says it this way, Abiding means that hour by hour, we are trusting in him to meet all of our needs and to be all of our treasure. That's what it means to be a branch in the vine. Me to be in the vine means for me to rest there, trust there, draw down from there, and receive there. 
Everything I need is coming from Him. Everything we need is coming from Him. That is faith. That is faith that can move mountains. And that is faith for what I am trusting tonight, that that faith will move mountains in our community and in our lives. I'm done. going to hand over to Veronica. Yeah, I can see it. Thank you. Cool. I'm going to just jump right in. I'm quite task orientated, so I'm going to try and keep this to seven minutes. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, what better than just a word. I'm going to tell you a bit about my life first. So that's the first time I picked up the Bible and it was the word spoke back to me and I knew it was alive. So um, let's have a look at Romans 12. I'm going to take you through verse 1 and 2. Um, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, uh, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve the perfect will of God. Sorry, let me just... He's good, pleasing, and perfect. Well, you have to be precise with this. So um, in sharing this verse, I want to take you to a journey in the Andes and some of the highest mountain ranges in the world, and that's sort of where I used to play. Um, I want to share that it takes more than seven minutes to move a mountain, but um, <laughs> I will take you, I'll take you on this journey. Um, so, so come with me as I tell you. Um, in March 2015, I spent nine days in ICU on life support. Um, I suffered an acute liver failure as I took a serious suicide attempt. Um, doctors didn't understand why I was alive. They sort of, every medical book declared me textbook dead. They said to me, you have two days left to live. So I did, I did all right. I did. So there's me sitting, sitting in the hospital bed saying to this mountain, like, move. Like, why am I here? Why am I alive? And um, this mountain range continued to stand and stare in my face for another two years after that, just simply refusing. So um, my life was filled with mountains before I could walk. At the age of two, my father killed himself. And um, there I was. Life was starting to intimidate me with trauma. And um, my identity was lost. The enemy came to steal my sacrifice. That just took a minute. <laughs> That's good. So uh, why? So why did this happen? So um, I wasn't raised religiously. But the fact is I came to know God later. I had faith. I had seen a miracle in my life. In fact, I documented it day by day as... Um, I recorded it day by day how I had my faith tested, revealed. I mean, I was seeing bur- verses bursting into life all the time. Um, but there I was just demanding this one-sided relationship. And that was probably my biggest mistake. So I'm in love with him. I'm in love with God. But I want to sin because I love sin. I love this world. I, I mean, I want to be... I'm saying it. I want to be free, but I conform all the time. I want to move mountains, but my mind is corrupt. Like, I don't even know how to do it. I want to, I want to talk about, I want to tell you about the story of, of moving mountains. I want to tell you about how I, the caterpillar, deemed this process the end of the world, and the master called it the butterfly. 
You know, I, I want to, so these are my three points. I'm, I'm going to run you through. One, do not conform. All right? Do not conform. Because when you conform, you will never know your identity in Christ. And knowing your identity in Christ is knowing your faith. And faith moves the mountain. Club. So um, a year ago in March 2017, God's like, he loves patterns, I tell you that. I walked away from everything. I left everything material behind. I left every single commercial thing. I surrendered. I was like, yeah, this is me. Take me as I am. I have nothing else to give to this world. And as I did that, I became aware I was this, this warrior, you know, this, this princess. I was a fighter. And there's me putting on my armor every single day, picking up my sword, the word of God, and these mountains start trembling in front of me. Two, I want to talk to you about transformation. I'm going to pick this up a little bit. Saved by grace through Jesus Christ, given by God. I also wrath. So here's me halfway. So here's me halfway up this 6.9 meter slope, and I slip and I fall, and I'm in this trench, and God says to me, keep moving. I say to him, are you serious? I could barely do this before. Now you're making me get out of this trench. Temperatures plummeted when I was in ICU, and you're going to make me carry on? And he whispers to me, I say to I look at this, and he whispers to me, he says to me, don't go over. Tell it to move. So I'm... Um, I look at this, and I, I take a moment, and I think about it, and I think, oh, you know, I remember Jesus. He had done this all before. He had done this for me. So transformation is giving everything about you, sin to the Father, to forgive, knowing that Jesus carried it all on the cross. Taking the process captive in your mind, making peace with the fact that Jesus knew the cocoon was coming, born into sin, and though you will hate it, the butterfly will be born from it. Therefore, taking captive your mind will ultimately create the reality that will set you free to move that mountain. Right, point three, the metamorphosis. So the entire process completed, the, but the birth of the butterfly. So a, a renewed mind is the only mind that can carry enough authority, hear that, can carry enough authority to have mustard seaside faith to move a mountain. A renewed mind is the only mind that can test and approve the will of God. Klar. Like Axel did in Afrikaans works there. Do not, I'm going to read you one more time on this verse. And now hear this with me. This is where it bursts into life. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve the perfect will of God. That's standing in front of a mountain and telling it to move. So when you're in this process to understand his good and pleasing will, every mountain presented will move in your life. Does that mean there's three seconds? One, lacquer. So that's lo I quickly want to do the old Google translate. So um, as for Google, a mountain is a large natural elevation on Earth's surface rising abruptly from the surrounding level. So do you see that word there? A natural elevation. It's part of this process. Like, though it's abrupt, it's indicated that Jesus was needed, and the process of becoming a liver, living sacrifice is needed too. Five seconds to spare. Yeah. Well done, well done, Veronica. Come on, let's say well done to Veronica. Well done, well done, well done, well done, well done. Come on. I saw the Southern Baptist in you. Stand up, eh? This evening we want to round this off with, with a, a little known preacher all the way from uh, Durban High School, uh, a young guy, a young man who's um, 
actually going to see a miracle tonight, a miracle. A man who's going to move a mountain, literally, metaphorically, whatever you want to say. He is a man who makes his living by being a preacher. And he's going to do it in seven minutes. It's, it's going to be unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just to let you know, when a preacher, here's a trick. When a preacher says, and in closing, you know that he's still got another seven minutes to go. So just, just, just relax there, Mark, relax there. But tonight, this man is starting with, and in closing, and he's going to preach. So everybody put your hands together for Mark, seven minutes from Plesson. I don't have three points. I'm not that clever. Just got one burning flame. I'm captain. There are 7.7 million people in this world. 7.7 million people. About, and, and I was doing research today. 105 people die every minute. means there are about almost 800 people that die every seven minutes. How many of those are going home? I live too much of my life loving Jesus, but not loving what he loved. I love Jesus. I sang songs of love to Jesus. I tied, cried tears of passion for Jesus. And every time I needed something, I knew who to run to. But I cannot say I burnt with a flame deep inside of me for the seven billion people who don't know him. It's probably more. And the greatest analogy I can know, and I shared a little bit this morning, that I've got three kids and I love all three of them amazingly. And, and once I went shopping and one went missing. Lock your ears, Ken. One went missing. You know what I didn't say? I didn't say, well, it's a 66.666%. It's a pass. It's a good C+. So if I go home now, I'm all good. It's not what you do. You make sure the two that you have, that you know that are safe, are in a safe place. And then you do everything you can to find the other one. You will run through a shopping center and not care what people think. You will shout and you will scream. And you will tell everyone you're looking for a little blonde boy with blue eyes and a blue shirt. Because that's my son. And nothing will stop you. Every inhibition, every fear of man, every time people consider, what is that idiot doing? Why is he running? Why is he shouting? Why is he screaming? Nothing will matter to you because you're looking for the one. And I'm gripped with a passion, a fresh and a new for the one. Why move mountains? I'm a why guy. Why move the mountains? Is it about the fact that I'm so much better? Is it a fact that actually I can move on now, that it's all about my salvation and my time on earth? Is that what's gripping you? Is that why we're doing move the mountain so that I can be free of my depression? No, he's not free of his depression so that he's free of his depression. He is free of his depression so he can tell of the moving mountains king who moves depression far away. And there she is not free of, of suicidal thoughts and damage in the past. She's free of those things so she can tell of the great love of a savior who captivated her heart and pulled her into a much bigger story, the story of the gospel that loves and pulls people out of smallness and into light. I'm captivated by our king, and he is captivated by those that are far from him. And there's the story in the Bible there, the tribes, tribes of Judah, and they are moving, the tribes of Israel, and they are moving into the promised land. And it's a great, great moment. But there's this moment where there was this agreement. As all the tribes were going across, two and a half of the tribes were going to stay on this side of a raging river. But there's this mandate that came. It says, but all your fighting men, let me read from verse 14. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. Just think about that for a second. They don't just have to cross. I would have thought like, yeah, we'll go with. We'll go and fight. But you know, we'll go at the back. We've got our promised land. You guys go ahead. You fight for your land. And if you need us, just holler. Give us a shout. We'll come through. 
But when I read the scripture again the other day, they were commanded not just to leave everything behind and trot on behind. They were told to go ahead of their brothers. Why move the mountains? Why trust a God who moves the mountains in our lives, who takes something like a raging river and says, I want you to cross through that raging river, but I will be with you and I will get you to the other side. I don't just want you to follow behind. I want you to go ahead. Why move the mountains? Because there's 7.7 billion people on this earth. Each and every one of them, black, white, poor, whatever color, whatever race, whatever, whatever economic demographic, whatever story, they have an eternal story called sons and daughters of the living God. And there is a mandate on us to get rid of our stuff, guys. I've sat with people who've held to unforgiveness for 50, 60 years and on their dying deathbed confessed things to their life and it's hindered them for 50, 60 years. For 50 or 60 years, it stopped a story going saying, do you know the one who loves you? Do you know about that one? And they've disqualified themselves and they've nullified their stories and they've made their stories much smaller in terms of eternity. And God says, no, I want you to move the mountains today. I want you to allow me, the mountain-moving God, into your caverns of your heart where the dirt remains and allow the only one who can sort it out to get deep inside. Why? So that you can get on mission. So that you can get on his mission and his story. So that a love can burn deep, 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 deep down inside. I've had to repent for years of loving Jesus and not loving what he loves. But I won't do that anymore. Does it mean I don't love the church? Not at all. It, I'll lay down my life for the church. But it means the church doesn't exist as a self-gratifying entity. God has got to grip our heart for what grips His. It's those that are far away from Him. Those that hadn't received His love. Those who don't actually know there is a way out of their brokenness. There is a way out of their caves. There is a way out of their brokenness and their marriages. There is a way to move forward. There is hope for their children. There is a hope that can establish them for eternity. And you know who the carriers of that message are? It's you and I. It's you and I. Yes, we've been places we shouldn't be in and we've seen things we shouldn't have seen. But the grace of God touched me once and it keeps touching me and it keeps making dirt beautiful. And it keeps taking that which was useless, makes it useful for eternity so that sons and daughters can come home. And I'm burning with a passion. And when I went to the beach there with my family, I asked them, God, give me a strategy because in the natural, I don't think I'm an evangelist who walks up to people and just says, you need Jesus and they give their lives. I haven't seen that in my life. But I've got some gifts and I want to give that to him. Can I pray? Can we stand together? That Maybe you feel like you've been shot with a shotgun. I'd, that's okay. There's a moment now just to contemplate. Maybe it's Michael's story. Passion of a young man behind that seven-minute preach. It's more than seven minutes. It's a life prepared to make decisions. To say yes to Jesus. Behind those seven minutes are some pain. Behind those seven minutes are moments of doubt and anxiety. But behind those seven minutes is an assurance and a knowledge that there is a father who loves him. And as Veronica spoke, and maybe you were shocked in minute one, as she said, actually, I contemplated suicide. I've, I've been places I shouldn't have been. Maybe you were shocked with the fact that actually, how does someone go through a father committing suicide at two years old and now stand speaking of a savior who loves them? How is that possible? 
Well, I promise you, sir or ma'am, it takes more than seven minutes. But actually, it's just saying yes to Jesus. It's just saying yes. You don't have to have it all figured out. Maybe your church experiences, you have to look a certain way, you have to position a certain way, you have to do things a certain way, and then maybe, 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 Jesus will love you. I want to tell you about the mountain-moving God who climbed a mountain called Golgotha with a cross upon his back. He was beaten. He was bruised. He poured his blood out. He cried out to his father, Father, if you could spare me from this, but if it's your will, if it's your will, Father, let it be. Why did he do that, sir or ma'am? Not so that you could have seven minutes of joy, seven minutes of life, but that you could have an eternity with him. I want to ask you tonight, as the eyes are closed, as the heads are bowed, do you know Jesus? Not just do you know of him, but do you feel access as a son or daughter to abide in him? Because like that scripture says, In the second part, actually, if you aren't abiding in him, you are separate from him. It's a tragedy. So I ask you, do you feel you have access to abide in him right now? And then, do you believe that there's a father who has a will for your life? You're not just doing time on this earth. Have you known for year after year after year that there's more for you, more for your marriage, more for your story? Well, I promise you the only way to that is through Jesus. Through Jesus. If you haven't received the love of Jesus, I would love to give you an opportunity now. I know many people in this room, but I don't know everyone. If you're distant from him, if you're far from him, not from religion and not from church, you're in church, but you can be in his house, And still far from him. I would love to ask you to give your life to him. I'd love you to take this moment to say, Jesus, I want to make you Lord and Savior of my life. Is there anyone tonight saying, actually, I I would love to be prayed with. I want to receive that tonight. It's a gift. It's called salvation. It's everything that Jesus is. Is there anyone tonight? Why don't you show me with your hand? I'd love to pray with you. Amazing. Anyone else? Amazing. Lord, I thank you for these ladies now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that wherever you met, ladies, you brought freedom and life and joy. You wiped away, you washed clean, you restored, you redeemed, you established for a future in you. And I thank you today, everything changes. Everything changes. Your blood washes new and fresh. Don't need this moment again. One touch from Jesus is enough. And I thank you that today, everything changes because of your blood. And everything changes because of your grace poured out. Today, you are new.